Today on our show, we're counting down the top 10 movie mentors. Word, let's go, boy. Welcome to episode 388 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. And as we've mentioned, we're doing pretty straightforward yeah. movie mentors. Yes, coaches. Uh, I guess mentors is the only other word. Sage, Sage wise, wise advice givers who yeah. guide characters on their journey to usually a hero or heroine's journey to fruition. Yes. Your spiritual any, did you bother to do the de- technical definition? Hell no. Oh, well, that's well. You said, <laughs> normally you're the one who goes, Paul, I did a little bit of research. And this yeah, so, yeah, not this week. Apparently, we're just flying by the seat well, of our proverbials. Yeah. So, so, fair enough. It is very straightforward. Shall we just get into it then? Let's do it. Let's do it. Who wants a recap? Who? Who, 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 who wants a recount? Who, 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 who wants a recount? The recount is where we often look back on the week and see what the hell y'all said to us. Paul. Well, yes, indeed. Now, look, we're recording a little bit early this week, so we didn't get as much feedback as we normally do, nor sure. quite as many votes, because it's Father's Day as of time recording tomorrow in Australia. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Hello, fathers. Who are listening. I hope you are enjoying your weekend. So the vote for last week's show, the superior list of movie stunts, was a fucking close one, Wayne. Was it? Very, very close. 46 votes. Went down to the wires. You made up ground all since I put the vote up Thursday night. You've been gradually closing in. In the end, I held on. 24 votes to 22. Plus David Powell, Patreon Extraordinaire's vote. He did. He's still locked out of Facebook. <laughs> 30 days, you bad, bad boy. For, for mentioning something completely innocuous. Yeah. Trey Parker and Matt Stone's orgasmo was enough to get him wiped Jeez. out from, uh, for 30 sucked, days. man. He got sucked. So technically 25 to 22 votes. Uh, John Snow, Julio for the Contrarian, said even though Paul went to the Trident 2 Fury Road well, he also opened with Buster Keaton's stunt. Got to reward that. I think that might have got me the win. There's a lot of people who mentioned that. That said. A lot of cinephiles. That said. Mina Harker. Okay, Dan said, Paul had all three of my choices, even though he can't admit the obvious that Ghost Protocol is a superior M colon I film. Joy <laughs> 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 Spinner, who puts up lists every week. Thank you again, Troy, for all your hard work. Oh, said, no Jackie Chan and the wrong MI fallout scene. Almost lost it for Wayne. But overall, the stunts of his list are slightly more entertaining than Paul's, who had a top list as well. Thanks, okay. Troy. Thanks for the show. Jesse Dixon said, another chance to hear bell bottoms equals another passenger on the Wayne train. Ah, what up, Jay? And then the last word on this vote goes to Ben Burnham, who said, So, in the parlance of Wayne, the hot in hot take apparently means wantonly bloody doltish. No Jackie Chan on your list. Nary a mention of Buster Keaton. For shame, sir, for shame. To be fair, I'm the biggest Jackie Chan dude, and this was a move, which obviously didn't pan out. <laughs> and also Buster Keaton, little before my time! <laughs> so- <laughs> but kudos, says Ben, for coming with the simple, elegant epitaph, slut part. Slut <laughs> <laughs> So, though sensational stunts all in both lists, and despite Wayne's brilliant way with words, an easy vote for Paul this week, and choose your definition of brilliant there. Good calls, Paul, especially on Project A and Steamboat Bill. Damn. Then we're going back in time a little bit for the rest of this week's recount. From Stephen Burns. Wayne, took a bit of umbrage with, your, with our review of Nope, <laughs> in particular your take on something. Oh, really? If you haven't checked out our review of Nope, you can do so. It's, it's out there to listen to. Wayne Aruzu, during the thinking during the note review, thinking a lifetime of spanking the monkey has prepared him to fight off a chimpanzee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not been disproven. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Wayne did make the bold call that he did, couldn't understand how a chimp could cause so much carnage. Quick uppercut. Tell you what, just run away. Just run away. Yeah, just sh- run away. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that said, John D had you back for. It was a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. when you please remind everyone it took Wayne 0.479 seconds to come up with his, his list this week. <laughs> that was the top 10 pet list where we got our, our wires across. So there you are. A little bit of our love in that regard. Nice one, brother. And that's Thanks, it fellas. for yes. this week's recount. Let's get into the, the countdown proper on the other side of this music queue. It's a top 10. Good evening to Didn't go, y'all, at the end is the subject of this week's <laughs> countdown. As you already know, we've already set the parameters up, Wayne. 
Take us away. Oh, yeah, me? Okay, cool. My number 10, everyone, is... Well, Paul, you may not know this, and everyone may not know this. It's bullshit. You all know this. I'm a fucking nerd. Okay? <laughs> Big fat- I'm pretty sure you can't do 380 episodes on movies and television, <laughs> even if you call them shows when they're actually films, and not be a nerd. Well, this is the thing, Paul. As a youngster, and even right now, I've always wanted to be cool, but I've always fell way short. And the thing is... To be square. Well, let's say that Huey Lewis was right. Uh, my number 10 is from the film Almost Famous, and the character is Lester Bangs. Yes, okay, sure. Now, he's played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, so already it's good. Yep. It's a good fair, role, it's a fair, good fair, character, fair. right? And Gone he, too soon, rest in peace, sir. Absolutely. Now, he uh, is mentoring the student, William Miller, the you know avatar for Cameron Crowe when he was 15 mm-hmm. and, and went on, like, you know, uh, he was a wannabe, wannabe rock journalist and he went on tour with the band Stillwater in the movie, but I think Cameron Crowe actually went with... Um, I can't remember who it was. Led Zeppelin, someone like that. Anyway, sorry. Wow. Someone, someone, yeah, anyway. And, and the whole thing was that in this film, he's a 15-year-old nerd with that hair, and he's there with these cool motherfucking rock journalists and hoes everywhere, and he's like, wow, I'm cool like this. Women. Right? In the 70s, I think you could still call him that. Anyway. <laughs> now, the, the lesson from, from Philip Seymour Hoffman, Lester Bangs, is like, dude, I know if you're hanging out with these people, you think you're cool. You are not cool. And the key lesson was that writers are intrinsically uncool. And even though writing about a band means getting close to them, telling them the unflattering truth is the only way to succeed. The words he gave him was, I know you think those guys are your friends. You want to be a true friend of them? Be honest and unmerciful. So his whole thing was, one, you're not cool, so don't think you are. Two, be a writer. I reckon writers have changed. You think writers are cool more, now? more street cred for writing Okay, now. so there's two cool writers, right? Two. Two. Aaron Sorkin is a writer rock star, <laughs> all right? Okay, sure. He's a, in terms of that industry, it's him. The other guy, I'm going to say Joe Esterhaz, had a good run. This yeah, guy even I don't wrote think a book. cool now. Yeah, yeah, Hollywood Animal is a book that he wrote and I read, um, and it's all about his whole Well, he thing. changed the game for He writers. changed the game for yes. sure. But yes, there's two people. I, I don't know if there's... Who else is a cool writer? Writer-director, yeah. Maybe not, maybe not screenwriting, but I'm talking oh. novelists and the like. I think it's yeah, way yeah, yeah. cooler to There's... be a, a writer because self-publishing and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, Sam Hurley from the Movie Reviews and Tweak Use podcast, self-published writer. That's a good point. I mean, I've never really cool met a cooler, fuck, cooler guy I've ever met. Exactly. So, so there, you are. Listening, there you are. That's the one time I ever praised a New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, my number 10 is Lester Bangs from Almost Famous. I'm a fan. And would bangs him. So... <laughs> Well, at least you didn't end it with an awkward joke. That's, there you uh, that's go. got that to fall back on. Now, we should mention at this point, Wayne, we did agree off mic on something. Oh, yeah. We? We're, we're, go on. Please, we're shopping out Yoda. Yoda. Okay. Yoda. Uh, my number one. Yoda's the your number I'm one. Sure you're, I assume you're number one. Yes, there's no better guy than Yoda. So let's just take him out of the running yeah. and we'll see who's left. We don't do this unless it's so painfully obvious what exactly. both of our number ones are going to be. Exactly, because it's got to be that. So, yeah. yeah. So, Frank, Frank Oz's voice. Uh, if you can be so uncool as to use the wrong syntax in your sentences and yet everyone embraces it and now talks about it and makes jokes like that, right? No shit. Holy shit. I write. He's a, he starts the whole thing. So, on a, he's cool. You cool. know, yep. little green motherfuckers, cool. Yep. So there you are. I mean, some of the mentors on my list are undoubtedly cool. Yeah, straight up. Some of mine too. Don't, so. and, I, and I guess my number 10 would fall into that category. Let's hear it. My number 10 is Tony Stark, a.k.a. Robert Jenny Jr. Oh, that's a good one. In Spider-Man Homecoming yeah, in Spider-Man particular, Homecoming. but to a little lesser extent in, in Captain America Civil War as well. So I should have got that one. Tony Stark in Homecoming was the best thing about Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, I don't it, know. That's a big dude, goal. Having those two Homecoming motherfuckers great movie. fly through the fu- he's flying Spider Man swinging next to each other. If that shit ain't the bomb, forget about it, man. He's trying to teach him, of course, how to be a superhero who is being thrust into the limelight and not let it get carried away. Not not that Peter Parker is the kind of kid who's going to be like, oh, I'm the best ever. <laughs> but it's more like, don't bite off more than you can chew. Well, he was thinking was like, you know, I'm nothing without that suit. If you aren't anything without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. Then he takes the suit away. Takes the suit away. What a lesson. Boom. And from there, Spider-Man still defeats the Vulture minus said suit. So, yeah. See, that's the cool thing about Tony Stark. He starts Iron Man being a playboy motherfucker, does the Iron Man thing, continues to be Tony Stark. He's reckless. He's this. He's that. But then by the time you get to this movie, he's actually, uh, you know, an elder statesman. And he actually knows how to be a hero now and can coach a young man yeah. to do so. So, yeah, that's a really good call. And is already, is it at the end of this one? He offers him the gig to be part of the Avengers and, and he coaches him so well that Peter Parker just says, nah. Yeah. You know, he has a test, wasn't it? It's a right. test. And then, it's he a test. It. and then there's all press outside yeah. and shit. That was really Yeah, cool. yeah. It was test. Well done, kid, you passed. Yeah. <laughs> awesome See, that's shit. cool. That's cool. Yep. 
All right, cool. Nice work, nice work. Okay, my number nine is also a member of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ooh. Well, only recently. Ooh. And the version I'm seeing of him isn't the one that turned out. Yeah, up. we've got exactly the same number nine. It's Chuck Xavier, baby. Yeah. Charles Xavier, and I'm talking about the James McAvoy one. Oh, no, I'm going Sir Patrick, Sir Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Now, I understand why you think that, and I think you're right as well, okay? I think, yeah, fair enough. Because Patrick Stewart is this guy. He's the leader. He's the leader. He's always been there, okay? And I guess you could say they're both interchangeable because they are, in fact, the same character. However... I enjoyed the James McAvoy one in the in the uh, X-Men First Class movie because he was, one, young enough to be just... I thought he was... He's not sager than because he's not old enough yet, but he's cooler. There's this scene where he's trying to coach this young Avenger guy... Uh, not Avenger, X-Men guy. Yep, gotcha. To take out all these like targets with his like kinetic abilities. And he just walks and stands among the targets and says... Okay, take out the targets, don't take me out, there's a good chap. And I was like, you cool motherfucker, you are trusting this little <laughs> There's bitch. a good chap, that's all you need. For oh, life. come on, he was cool Call as him shit. a good chap and he is yours. But he was so cool, man. And like, and then Michael Fassbender was his friend at this stage. Yes. So these two motherfuckers walking around the world and asking people to be their X-Men, and then Wolverine tells them both to fuck off, and they just walk out. I mean, this shit was cool. So I love Xavier, let's say it's the same as yours, but I'm sort of digging the James Mack version. Well, I went the Sir Patrick Stewart version for the obvious reason that he's leading the academy or whatever yeah, it's called yeah, yeah. at that Same, point in time. Absolutely. He's, a, he's literally a teacher, but he's also a leader among all these. And he's he is coaching, if you will, leading the next generation of the ex-people into the future. So we've got the established ones at that point in time, but he's now training the younger versions that they've brought in to protect them, of course, from the humans who don't Yes, he's the coolest and most unique headmaster, if you like. That there is. Bald AF, and it's still cool as fuck. Exactly. And trust me, that <laughs> doesn't really happen in real life. So, <laughs> uh, okay, nice work, nice work. So that's your number nine, too. That is my nine as well. So straight back to you for your number eight. Cool. Uh, we haven't gotten away from superheroes yet, people, because my number eight is Henri Ducard or Rish Al Ghul in Batman Ooh. Begins, played by Liam Neeson's cock. And <laughs> it or is. Or just Liam Neeson. <laughs> Whichever you prefer. <laughs> now, the student is, of course, a young, angry, and confused billionaire orphan by the name of Bruce Wayne. And Ducard, I guess I just enjoyed these scenes, particularly where you just open up on the scene of those two standing on a frozen lake. I, 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 I get it. And I, he totally is a mentor. And if he's your favorite, or eighth favorite, then fair enough. Just because he becomes the villainous. Absolutely. Race. A lot of these guys have a lot of colors to them. Okay. Yeah. And this guy, for the time he was his mentor, was Price. one of the best, in my opinion. Doesn't matter where he ends up. Well, his whole thing was like, he teaches Bruce to face his innermost fears and to turn them into the intimidating persona that he ends up yep, creating. Yep. So it's Batman. So in pushing Bruce to brutality, to punish evil, he also teaches Bruce where his moral limits lie, you see? So he's the, he'll say to him, your training is nothing, the will is everything. If you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, you become something else entirely, are you ready to begin? Mm -hmm. And then it was the whole case of like, you must be aware of your surroundings. And then that's how he ends up beating him. Because it becomes like, you're not you're in a train now, motherfucker. And then the big reveal when it turns out he's, he's, he's actually... He's Rachel Ghoul, I know. Ghoul. So it's this big woo. And then the end, Talia is fucking, what's her name from the third movie? And that's his daughter. And ah, it's all good shit, man. It's all really good shit. So uh, yes, Henri Ducard or Rachel Ghoul in Batman Begins. My number eight. All right. My number eight is probably not on your list. And I think flies in the face of a fair bit of feedback. So here's probably where I lose this week. Lots and lots of people picked Mickey from the Rocky series. <laughs> yeah. I went with actually Rocky Balboa himself, Styles Stallone. To his son or to the... To Apollo Creed. Apo well, hang on. Creed. Was he? Was he? Because he, 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 uh, initially he fights Apollo Creed, right? What are you talking about? A, no, uh, sorry. Adonis Creed. Oh, Adonis Creed. Yeah, my, 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 all right. My all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, one. in Creed. Obviously, in Michael B. Jordan. Oh, that's a good call. That's Adonis a good Creed. call. That's a good so call. So he doesn't want to do it. His time's passed. Creed manages to talk him into it. And then when he takes it on, he takes it on full throttle. And he's, at the same time, he's fighting cancer. Dude, I thought for a second you were going to say in Rocky Five, where he fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you are the only person in the world who, likes who Rocky would Five. think I was going to pick, or anyone else would wow. pick, <laughs> Rocky Balboa from Rocky Five. <laughs> God, for his funny. son. For the record, he did do a great job of training that motherfucker until the motherfucker turned on him. And then he trained his son, his actual son, staged alone in the movie. And then he goes and fights the shit. But I think you're right. The Creed one <laughs> does pip this at the post. <laughs> so, um, yeah. The, no, the lessons cool. he's imparting, which obviously carries forward. I'm fascinated to see what they can do with Creed 3 given they've written Rocky out of it. 
Are they? Yeah, he's not in it. Really? I don't think he's very pleased at all by this from what I'm hearing. Well, see, the thing about the, the, the Rocky in Creed, right? And indeed Creed too, but probably more Creed, is that he's so, you know, past it. He literally says, I can't actually punch the bag anymore because my, my fucking joints in my hand are all mm-hmm. fucked up, but I can watch you and I can tell you, tell you exactly you're what you're doing wrong. This is it, right? So that was already cool because he's like, he's way past it. So now all he has left is wisdom. He literally can't fight him anymore. But he still gets it done. Yep. So well, he yeah. gets Creed. I mean, he gets Creed to the point where he can win this battle, win this fight. Whether he does, doesn't watch the movie. But exactly. uh, yeah, I just I love that relationship. Those two together uh, is oh, Creed movie was fucking, fucking magic. Outstanding. Creed one, was an outstanding one of the absolute film. best movies that we've covered on on this podcast in the time of it. So nice one. Yeah, nice one. Speaking of mentors who are past it and have some sort of disability, this is an odd one. Everyone, it's Al Pacino's character in Scent of a, a Woman. woman. <laughs> It's right. Now, Al Pacino plays a blind veteran who is uh, mentoring Chris... Uh, what's his goddamn name? O'Donnell? Yes. Chris O'Donnell Robin. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> who is, of course, a, a college student. And he's a college student on AIDS, so he's not well-to-do like his other friends. And there's this whole situation where basically... He viewed the college, other college, like asshole dudes doing some shit, some bad shit. And the college administration people are now leaning on him to rat them out. He does that. He loses his standing in the entire college. He does all sorts of shit. Everyone's going to hate him. He's already behind the eight ball as it is. And he's trying to ban Gabriel Anwar. All of these things are difficult. So he then has to basically, like, he's he's sort of taking care of, of this Colonel Frank Slade. And... Frank Slade is completely a gruff old motherfucker. He's like, "Good, give us, give us your owl. Giving him shit. He's like, you know, he says, uh, he says, "You got good skin. You got good skin." Well, I had a few zits. The history of my skin, like whatever his name is, right? He's doing shit like that. So he's already like quite difficult to get to know. And because, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome Al Pacino to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was going to do the, the heat one, but no. Let's just, let's just say this, though. <laughs> I wish you would. <laughs> well, what was cool about the Al Pacino character was that the whole time through the movie, he's kind of fighting Chris, Chris you know, O'Donnell's O'Donnell. character. And then sort of it starts to turn where he starts, and a lot of people had a problem with this. He's talking about women on the plane with him. And he's like, women are great. And he's like, you know, big nipples that stare out at you. And yeah, in a very close, distant, distant second is a Ferrari. <laughs> He's doing shit like that. Everyone had problems with that. I, of course, didn't because I thought it was very tame. Right? Now, I stand resolute, <laughs> motherfucker. So then he you know, basically kind of picks up Gabriel Lenoir in that fucking, you know, and that's like, ooh, this is kind of cool because that motherfucker's kind of cool. And then he comes around at the end and turns up at this fake hearing that they're having for the fucking Chris O'Donnell shit. Basically almost represents him like yes, a lawyer, he does. Yeah, but yeah. does so in the most fuck you too kind of way. And it was just gangster, man. And at the end of the movie, you like him. And even though, you know, he's like he's a gruff yeah, old, gruff old motherfucker. Yep. So that to me is an achievement. Yep. There you can't, go. can't fault it. A nice choice there. I don't think you're going to fault my number seven Bring here. It. Bring it. From Swingers, Trent Walker, <laughs> a.k.a. Vince Vaughn, because everybody needs a friend like Trent. Damn, that's a good when call. When you're down on life, when you've been dumped by your girlfriend, you need a Trent in your corner who's just going to say, you're money, baby. It's you're okay. You're money, baby. You're, fucking, you're just going to get out money. there. You do your thing. And, you know, just go. Just go. Go talk go to, to the beautiful okay. babies. Okay. Look at, look at, that's right. <laughs> that beautiful baby over there, she's looking at I think she's looking at me. She's looking at, maybe she's looking at you, man. Maybe you're just going to go. And so he's just very encouraging, not letting you get too down on yourself. Funny you should mention this. I mentioned this very film to... Uh, someone the other day, just literally two, maybe even yesterday, I said, Swingers is this show, right? And she, she, she's a younger girl. She goes, Swingers, is it about fucking black people? <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. They're not swinging like couples. They're just swingers because it was like the mood of the movie, even though it's set in the 90s, is like swing dancing kind of thing. Yep. Or just they're cool. And she's oh, okay. And so pull up the trailer. And then there's Vince Vaughn saying, listen, I know that you, I don't want you to be the guy in the PG film who yes. everyone's Should really like, hoping oh, happens. I want you to be, yeah, I yep. want you to be the guy in the rated R movie. Yeah. You're not quite sure if he's a good he's guy. edgy. Yes, and Paul, I was trying to explain to her what it was like and why we like this film. Because yep. in my experience, this is a boy's film. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Women tend to not like it. If you're see. a woman who likes it, you're, you're special and I love you. I think right? you made that point in the podcast before as well. Yeah, yeah, all right. So, and, and I was trying to explain that, okay, look, when you're, what are we, 19? We were teenagers. 21 was kind of. 21? All right, so there you go. So we were kids back then, right? And the whole movie is about 
your game as a man, mm-hmm. all right? In a lot of different areas. These guys are trying to be budding actors. They're trying to get women and so on and so on and so on. Plus it's dead. Plus it's dead anyway. I tried to explain that too. <laughs> doesn't go as well unless you're actually in the movie. Anyway. Just <laughs> <laughs> you say it and appreciate it. Funny that. Right. But that was the thing that Trent gave, which gave us an idea. Because the thing is, folks, if there's any young men out there who are trying to get their game right and getting their, you know, whoever it is that you want to hook up with, the truth is, people, you can't really get that person unless it's very obvious you don't need that person that's what i would say what happens here is depends that, on what you're looking for okay depends on what you're looking for but let's say you're trying to pick up game like these guys were trent's whole thing is that you got to be not so eager yes you got to be not I so think that's absolutely true if yeah. you're sniffing around and you're, and you're just like oh, please 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 please, exactly. please 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 if you're please, moving from a place of i need how's this, that interesting to a person exactly she he whoever mm-hmm. is not going to be into it because you my friend are needy. It's too easy. Exactly. It's too easy, then there's no point. You got to take or leave that shit, which mm-hmm. is why, people, you need a pair and a spare. But at the same time, <laughs> you have to be, I don't think, well, this is a whole different podcast, we could, yeah. we could launch from this point. Let's do that. At the same time, I don't think you can be so aloof as to not give a fuck. No, there's a perfect mm-hmm. medium, and it is 30% interest, everyone. There you go. Wayne's, That's Wayne's putting a number on it. Yeah, you've got to be I'd 30%. Go higher. You've got I'd to go 40. 40? All right, let's say, let's say 35 to 40. Okay. Right? <laughs> uh, if you show interest but then go about your day, your odds of that person then chasing you as opposed to the other way around are quite increased. Increased. So I, I have a mentor. Ah, mm. so this is apt, at least on this bring level. It, bring it, bring in it. In a psychology sense. And I'm sure he'd be thrilled if he knew that I was mentioning him on the I show. I think I know the guy. Go ahead. And, and he said to me once, this is how you win an argument. Bring it. Walk away. You're in the middle of an argument with someone. Just fucking walk away. Really? How does that go? Start to walk away because that person goes, they're in midpoint. Start walking away. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Suddenly they're chasing you to get your attention back. Oh, everything shifts to this. Ah. So that's an actual conflict style, which is, well, I'm just going to disengage now without any warning of this. And it just leaves people either stunned and, and uh, what? And off balance. Or they literally chase you. Hmm. Interesting point. I've never tried that before. Not I've seen f- it done. I'm not talking about a fist fight. I'm talking just about out of verbal stuff. If only that were a fucking option in yeah. a fist fight. <laughs> well, which I guess it is, but who knows. But yes, no, look, this is a good call. The, Vin- the Trent character was great. Thank you. Uh, nice one. Nice I liked one. that one. All right, back to you for your number six. My number six is Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez from Highlander. Yeah, I've got it slightly higher. Slightly higher. Yep. Okay. Now, this is the most Scottish. Good choice, sir. Yeah, the most Scottish um, <laughs> Spaniard, ever. Spaniard you've ever seen, played by Sean Connery. <laughs> I think he's a French-American Scots immortal. I think that's how they put him. But anyway, he's a swordsman, all-round, ever-living... you Lobos and Ramirez and Sanchez in your name. You're largely Someone Spaniard. really went... For, yeah, went high with this Spaniard. Thing. Okay, so he no is... Good. He is the no good! too many Spaniards! No too Spaniards. No, he's... He is the, uh, the, the, the mentor to Connor McLeod. Of the, the Clan Highlander, McLeod. The Clan McLeod, right? <laughs> so... I think what was great about, and this is the thing about these mentor movies, people. My favorite scenes in movies like this are literally the mentoring process, okay? Where someone is teaching someone else. You know you're supposed to be throwing in with the guy who's being taught as opposed to the guy who's teaching. But you're throwing in because you're impressed at his level of knowledge, whatever. Well, you have to believe that what they're selling is, is worthwhile. Right. And that's why it's cool, though, because everyone can identify with learning, right? I mean, I think one of the greatest gifts a, a person can in terms of your your aspects of your personality you can get is if you actively enjoy learning you win my friend because that's how it is like your life is about learning and if you're actually on board great now in these scenes in highlander literally there's a lot of sword fighting shit and by the way he's got the coolest fucking sword i never really understood ramirez's point of of training connor so ultimately to win you're gonna have to cut off this guy's head right so is he just bored what does the film do a good job of establishing why he comes to his aid against the Kurgan and all the rest of it? Here's my theory. When you live forever, Paul, you just get bored. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I actually think that Superman, who has lived forever, will one day fuck a guy just out of boredom. You know what I'm saying? Sure. He'd be like, eh, what, I don't try to do establish that in the film Palm Springs. You do everything. Yeah, you, you do live everything. live the same day over and over yeah, again. Exactly, because you can do whatever you mm-hmm. want, so you just go ahead and do that, okay? Ramirez, having lived for God knows how many hundred years, is like, ah, here's a motherfucker, he's fledgling, he's new, he's this, he's that. Why not put my years of expertise to use? Because God knows I've been doing everything else for hundreds of years. So I think that's what it is. And it's like, I don't know if there's any end game with him actually. Well, maybe the end game was, if I train this guy well enough, he'll kill the Kurgan and then I can kill him because I'll know his every trick because I trained him. 
Well, that's the thing. This kid that's, that's a bit conniving, you know what I mean? But well, the whole the, there can be only one in Highlander. Mm-hmm. There's already fucking two. I don't even know what's going on here. <laughs> Look, by the end of the first film, it's fine. The moment the second film starts, everything goes to shit in the Highlander universe. God, that Highlander second movie. What a <laughs> fucking bag of dicks. It never recovers. Because then it became about aliens and shit. What God, the fuck is this? Madness. God. Anyway, no, but uh, yes, I do leave this motherfucker. Um, there's a quote from uh, Ramirez here. You have the manners of a goat. You smell like a dung heap. And you have no knowledge whatsoever of your potential. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. Here's, here's, a, here's a mentor who gives it to you straight. Yep. So there you are. Nice one. Very nice. I like that. That's a good choice. My number six is my heroine entry into this. I thought you put a chicken here. I did. I did. And I'm very pleased to have found this one, to be honest, because no one in the Facebook community mentioned it. This is Emily Blunt's Rita Fratowski in Edge of Tomorrow. Ooh, good one. Yeah, she is the smart one, isn't she? She's, the, Tom- one, she's one who's had the same uh, time-looping experience and lost it as T to the C. That's right. This coward character is, and she's the one that carries him through and teaches him everything he needs to know to be able to fight and win. And kills him over and over. Yep. And that's the, yeah, that was cool. And you know what was cool about her as well? All that goddamn yoga. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that shot that Doug Lyman constructed where it's, it's yeah, zooming up to her things. while yeah. she's doing the, whatever the pose that pose, is. yeah. Yep. That was fucking cool. And you know it's like some yoga motherfuckers, the only chance where you're getting away these like spinning blades all around you and taking the motherfuckers out. And she's the shit. And she's a rock star in the army. Yeah, that's, and she's it's, a chick. It's, it's her. And the, that's the reason she's a rock star in the army because yeah. she's so good at fighting because she's fought them so many different times and uh, over different days that yeah, she knows exactly what's going to happen. So she's preternatural with her abilities. And then she has to train and mentor. I can't even remember T's name in this film. That but dude. That, this, this guy who's not held a gun since basic training... She's got to turn him into this this warrior, and of course, every day kind of realize that's the thing. Every single day, he's got to come up to and say, "Oh, by the way, uh, you know this this before." Yeah, this is the thing that works. And And this this film, like a lot of time loop movies, the editing is so important in this. So important because you're seeing fucking Bill Paxton saying the Mm -hmm. same shit over, but then you cut the bits that he says again, so just so you understand it. That's the best. That's the real achievement about this movie. Yeah. First of all, this movie's fucking gangster. Like I love it. So um, good. Nice. Other than a shithouse ending. Great ending. Great ending. Yeah, pause the problem. Uh, okay, nice one. My number five, I'm sure people have come up with this one, but when I came up with it on my own before reading all the listener feedback, I was like, I'm sure. so clever. Sure you did. I am so uh-huh. clever. Yep. Tyler Durden. Yeah, I shopped it off as my honorable mention because I'm like, you know what? He's the same guy. He's the same guy. But he's still a mentor, he's Paul. He's himself. It's like, isn't that just like talking to yourself really, really well? Or well, for a yourself? man with multiple personality disorder, <laughs> it's separate enough that you actually take your Controversial, that's what I'm saying. But maybe genius. Maybe genius. I think so. I mean, but let's say, okay, if once we accept that these are, as far as the movie presents it until the very end, two separate people, Tyler Durden himself as a mentor is probably the most effective mentor because... Like the student is the nameless white collar zombie, the narrator guy, yep. Ed, Her- Ed, what, Ed, Ed Norton. Ed Norton. And what he gives him, other than the fact that like he's Brad Pitt, and for the nineties, those outfits he was wearing are just perfect. He was cool <laughs> as shit wearing fucking sweaters with motorcycles on them, but he made it work. Okay, so already you know he's cool, and he bangs like a motherfucker according to the movie. So already <laughs> you've got reasons. Not white. No, you've got. <laughs> You've got reasons to listen Mo to him. to his disappointment. Right? He's like, he's that guy. So, he's already, so so coolness is the reason to listen to him. And, but his real lesson was that the image of manhood constructed by contemporary culture is false and alienating, which I agree with, Paul. Wrong. His real lesson <laughs> what? is do you, when you're getting out of a plane seat, give someone the ass yes, or the or crotch. The crotch. <laughs> exactly. And for the record, I always give the crotch. So... <laughs> But this is it. And his whole thing is that the violent reconnection with our physicality is the best way to fight back. I don't necessarily agree with that. No. But boy, does it make a good movie. You know what I'm saying? It did. You know what I'm saying? It a great film. And so I just think that that, for me, the fact that he was himself and he's learning from himself, from this personality he created, was a cool idea. You know? Yep. And that's why I like him as a mentor. Tyler Durden, baby. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, like I said, I was just a bit, I got like, you know what? I've got a couple of other ones on my list that people, I'll, I'll shop that one off because I need to shop something off. My number five is where I had Juan Sanchez, <sighs> Villalobos Ramirez. Ramirez, no problem. My number four, I did not see in anyone's comments. And it's someone that I've always kind of liked. Mm-hmm. It's Dr. King Schultz in Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Okay. So this is the guy played by um, think of this one? Christoph Waltz. Mm-hmm. And he is turning Django, the titular Django, from a slave to the quickest gun in the West. 
in about four or five months' time <laughs> by taking him out and teaching him all this stuff. And literally, when you see the Django slave, to the, by the time he meets Leo DiCaprio, his character, he's already badass motherfucker yep. at the bar. All yeah, right, yep. and it's like the and and as well, this mentor was so committed to his to his whatever he was his mission or whatever he was willing to sacrifice himself just so he could kill leo dicaprio at the end because he was such a gun so he does that i mean no, talk this is the guy who absolutely believes in everything he says and he's cool as shit he was very very cool very cool and again showcasing in two quentin tarantino films the range of christoph waltz as an actor That's going a guy, from right? being the nazi commander in in inglorious yeah. bastards to the good guy the good guy in Django Unchained. There so, you are. Yeah, look, very interesting. Good uh, out of left field choice, but I like it. There I you do go. approve. My number four is a very obvious choice. It's one which is now resonating through culture, at least be- not because he's present. From what I understand, in the f- in this TV series which launched yesterday, but it was his DNA is over a whole bunch of the most successful films of the last twenty years. I'm talking Sir Ian McKellen as Gandalf in. The Lord of the Rings series, in particular, The Fellowship of the Ring. Absolutely. Run, you fools. Run, you fools. Run, the guy you fools. who probably could have saved himself at that point, but didn't, because he knew this fellowship had to come together themselves, yeah, had to develop. And, and he does save himself later, but then comes back around. In the coolest possible way. Yeah, when that second towers. movie started, yep. and he falls, and the Balrog falls with him, mm-hmm. and fucking there's whips going on, and he's still got a sword, and the sword fucking gets his hand, and he gets back, and then he cuts the cunt, and then he comes back. All that shit is fucking gangster. Very cool. I like, was like, this is the balls. But that beard, that whole... just he's, He takes on, particularly the Hobbits, he's really telling them everything that they need to know to survive in this world, and you know, entrusting the One Ring to Frodo... And going from there. And then, of course, the rest of the Fellowship as well. He's got to bring them all together, these warring races, and, and, and solidify them on their journey to defeat the greater evil, Sauron, of course. Hmm. So Here's one blind spot, though. You know, there was a, I did read this somewhere. People are asking, or have asked in the past, since Gandalf the Grey had the, the power to conjure or, or call giant falcons and birds to jump on the back of and fuck off with, why didn't he just call one put all the hobbits at him on the back and then fly yeah, ass to Mordor. <laughs> and he's Sauron, by the way. I did double Sauron, check myself. There you there. Go. So yeah, there you go. But other than that, oversight, he's the man. Yeah, I just have to assume that the birds couldn't make that journey and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, let's, the, let's the, explain the, it away. The hot eddies that, that fly off, you know, off the volcanoes and shit. No, You're right. One line would have would have gone, yeah, yeah we, we can't because the, the feathers are flammable, so fuck sure. you. <laughs> yeah, so Gandalf is my number four. Nice one. At the risk of Sean Connorizing the entire show, uh, my number three is... Jim Malone from The Untouchables. Damn it. <laughs> Why, you had that? Damn it. And you didn't think you thought it was like... I thought it was going to be like... I know. Fucking left field I've had it the whole choice. time. And I'm I was going to be like, you would be fucking spewing. Exactly. And I was just going to be like, yeah, so I jerked off. Yeah, and I know. <laughs> came all over the wall and then I ducked. All right, so... <laughs> all right, well, Scared we can both talk about this one. my thunder. <laughs> Sorry, can't. Um, all right, so everyone. Jim Malone is... is he's a beach cop. He's a beach cop and... Elliot Ness, his let's go gooding Al Capone hunting team man, Elliot Ness, he's like all like kind of like throwing shit in the in the in the bridge, and then beat cop fucking Malone comes along, throw your goddamn garbage in a goddamn bin, and like trash this can. trash can. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> then becomes this beat cop who's been around forever, but also knows the Chicago way. All right, gets to he's the one teaching this young ass dude who's clearly above him in the ranks, and becomes part of his crew, and essentially the man now. Uh, he's doing the whole way through the film. It's not just Ness; it's also George Stone, and it's the uh, the Andy Garcia. Yeah, that's Andy Garcia, oh, and right, then yeah. William Martin, the the Treasury dude, the Treasury dude. All of them. He's like, okay, have you checked your gun? Then leave it alone. Okay. Yeah. So uh, when Stone keeps checking it over and over again, it's fine. Leave it alone. Are you cold? Stamp your feet. Yeah. Just little things like that all the way through to everybody knows where the money is. Yeah. So no one's got the balls to go and get it. Say balls, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. He's, so let's go. Well, his whole thing was Where like, are you going, Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to yeah. To the circus. Like, you want to know a get Capone? They yep. pull a knife, you pull a gun. Yep. Since when he goes to the hospital, he's someone who's well, in the morgue. That's the Chicago, the Chicago way. way. Now, my only issue, Paul, is the way you went out. Oh. Okay? Because, yes, it, it was heartbreaking, don't get me wrong, all right? And it was done well to that mm-hmm. effect. However, if some fucking, like, gangster dude turns up at your house with a gun and you've already got a piece on you... No, he turned out with a knife. That's the so whole point. So he had point. a knife. He had a knife, and, and he had a gun. Backing away, he's like, "Get out of here!" Yeah, yeah, yeah fucking. Yeah, he just lets slur. him go. I would have fucking drilled that motherfucker. All right, it was nineteen thirty Chicago or nineteen twenty or whatever it was. Yeah, you could definitely a guy's yep. in your house. Boom, boom, boom. He's done. 
And then, of course, the asshole dude, what's his name? Um, Nitty. Nitty. Yeah, Nitty. Frank Nitty's Nitty. just got a fucking Tommy gun and fucking drills him, okay? So it's like, yeah, that was, I mean, even if he, because he was going to even go then, down. even then, he's not, he's not reaching for his cross and whatever else when Elliot Ness comes. He's reaching for the information he needs That's to right. give Gives to him, him. And then he's like, how far you prepared to go? Right? That shit is just the shit. If anything, so, Wayne, you've got this too low. Too low? Low. I'm just going to guess where you had this. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yes, there you go. Uh, Jim Malone, my number three. Excellent choice. Uh, my number three is Morpheus from the Matrix series. Lawrence Fishburne's iconic role where he's teaching this basically middle class, not even middle class, I know what he is, white hacker dude to so become new, the saviour yes. of the universe, or at least our universe as we know it, our world as we know it. That's right. And I just... I guess he's the most hands-on, really, other than maybe uh, Malone, as you've just described him. Gandalf's in and out. Like, you know, he's flitting away and he's back and he's giving words and then you'll lead an army down eventually into the fight. But Morpheus is there risking his life and limb the whole way through. So he's not just training him hands-on in the Matrix training programs. He's going back in with Neo and risking himself. Yep, And wearing those glasses. <laughs> like I mean, like the 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 thing about Morpheus is he might be one of the coolest ones. Oh, ab- that's it. I was, you know what I'm saying? Like Jim Malone's great, but he ain't cool. No, like he's Morpheus. Not, you no, know what I'm saying? no, Morpheus is cool. I mean, he's got is. access to the to the virtual wardrobe. You can look so whatever you want. Exactly. Well, which they do say it's a reflection of your inner self. So that man absolutely believes he is cool as fuck. Because that's the best thing about the Matrix. When they went back in, they all had like Keanu just wore a suit for no reason. I'm like, you motherfucker, what's up? That's probably not the best thing to fight in, but fuck it. But right? it looks well again. Like, the this first is great. Film, it's just cool. First film. First film. Great stuff. I just can't go can't go past how awesome Morpheus is, and that's why he's so high on my list at number three. Very muff. My number two, probably also a little bit contentious, mm. is Leon the Professional. Ah, ah, one of the listeners mentioned this, and I just did they fuck yes. <laughs> one, one. Is that what the show's become now? I can think of shit no one else thinks of. Possibly. Uh, oh, it's an element of it. Deep. Yeah, for sure. You feel like oh, I don't give a shit if I win or lose. I thought this, and no one else did. Fuck you. Yeah. Let's go sometimes, as you can probably tell. So, yes, go on. Still, uh, I believe you didn't read it. No, you you go on about it. It's your choice. Righto. So, now, Leon the Professional is a very reluctant mentor. In fact, this uh, this charge, like, you know, um, Natalie Portman, is is, is thrust upon him. Like, he doesn't want it. In fact, he's, of course, a psychopath because he kills people for a living. But he even, like, at one stage just gets up and kind of puts a gun to her sleeping head and says, maybe I should just end this now so I don't have to Mm -hmm. take care of this kid, but then thinks better of it. Then... He decides that, okay, I'm going to train her to become a killer. She's whatever, 11 or something, right? Uh, and no, she, she doesn't, he doesn't decide to. Sorry, she does she ask She begs him. him to. Yeah, and he's like... Time uh, and again. Yeah, but then he does it, man, right? So, he's again, he's a killer. Well, they, so but they, they go to pains to, I think, in this film, show that he's very simple. He's very good at what he does. Yes. But he's not all there. Yeah, he's yeah. You're right. He's got some kind of a problem. Like, who would if if you had a right, other than kill people? Okay, let's put that to one side. Yeah, I'm good at killing people. I'm going to do that. Who would trust their money to the bank of Danny, Danny Aiello? Because I'm better than a bank. Because I never get robbed. Fuck off. Exactly. Give me my fucking money. That's right. I would argue he's probably on the spectrum. Big time. Yep. That's the whole point. That's why he doesn't say shit hardly. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like. But the, then the cool thing about I guess the mentor him character. He becomes like a father to her. Yes. Okay. And in the end, he's in willing, the theatrical cut. In the theatrical <laughs> which cut, which is why I didn't make my list. Do not watch the the <laughs> original director's cut. Your director's Jesus cut. It's just it's not comfortable. People, mm-hmm. Paul's in it. I haven't. I won't. But like in the end, he the 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 you know on the spectrum weird guy killer this that is willing to give everything for her survival and. It's actually ch- by sheer bad luck slash chance that he actually doesn't make it out to get back to her, which was what makes the movie and it so heartbreaking. Tragic, yeah. So, uh, and then you get this, you know, that she's going to be okay because he gives her enough money to get to wherever and do this. She starts school and all that. Now, that's why I guess I like this. He's a reluctant mentor. Mm, that's He's good, thrust good into it, but he actually embraces that. Once he gets onto it, yeah. Yeah. I, like it. I, get, I get why it's there, and if, but if you'd seen what I'd seen, you'd be like, ah. Eh, yeah, I'm everyone don't see off. the, what's, his, what's, his, what's the director? Luke Besson. Uh, Luke Besson. Dude, don't see yeah. Besson's the French story even European behind the story is is a bit the. It's not the best. It doesn't. Yeah, it's fucking Luke it's, Besson. Let's father and son a little Luke bit. Besson. Not very. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead, Paulie. My number, number two, two is. I would have to imagine. What is your number one then? It is Mr. Miyagi. Of course it is from the Karate Kid. Of course it yes, is. Okay, good. All right, tell me about Mr. Miyagi. Paul. Pat Morita. In, in a role of a, in the role of a lifetime. Totally. 
That's I, what I, made I'm him. sure he was wonderful in, in Japanese cinema and whatever else. But No, Paul. Do you know what happened with Pat Morita? Nope. He almost didn't get this role because he was in fucking Happy Days, y'all. He oh, was in yeah. Happy Days. He was fucking Al, the, the, the second Al. Al second, yeah. Yeah, the, the Asian Al, right? Who made a really funny joke one time. He told the band uh, in that show, he's like, <laughs> okay, start the music. And they're like, what's the key? He goes, I don't know, Asia Minor. Very funny. <laughs> Asia Minor, that's a great fucking joke, bro. I'm like, oh, that's just funny, okay? So what happens now, right? <laughs> Motherfucker, that's I love gold. the way that's it's what's stuck gold, in It's gold, Cracker. It's gold, Fucking right? Hell. So anyway, he then auditions for this role. The studio's like, hey, that's the funny guy from fucking Happy Days. We're not going to let him be sage, motherfucking this dude, right? Back, forth, back, forth. Finally, he gets in the role and becomes that dude. You don't know fucking Pat Morita from Happy Days. You know him from fucking no. Mr. Miyagi, okay? Yeah, uh, well... I do remember him from Happy Days, but absolutely, Mr. Yamiyagi is, like no, I said, the is. role of a lifetime because he owns this so well. Like, he's basically this... He's a short, tiny, deadbeat, old guy. alcoholic guy who's kind of lost track with real life. And I guess that that's why this is here for me because not just does he teach Daniel Is he alcoholic in the show? Yeah, they show him drinking off a bit of sake through the course of the film. Because his wife, the whole thing, he's his dead. wife died yep. and he's and not so taking he's, it so well. He's not oh, taking, yeah. Exactly. He's, he's quite depressed and whatever else. And so it's not just, it's a little bit of a two-way street. And yes. that's what, other than being so iconic, yeah, that's what elevated it here for me. It's a bit like he's me. learning a bit the other way as well. He's learning how to live a little and yeah. care again, and that's what Daniel brings to to the proceedings. Daniel Larusso. Daniel so. Now, the the cool bit, of course, in my opinion, is that he's got a mixture of inscrutable advice and humor, which all pays off. All pays off, but also. He can put his foot in the ass of Johnny and all of his motherfucking mm-hmm. friends within a, to be fair, fairly unconvincing fight scene yeah. where he kicks all their asses. He does do this move where he drops to the floor and kicks one leg backward and that's how he kicks a guy in the face and that guy goes flying. And I'm like, <laughs> I saw how fast your leg traveled. You wouldn't even piss him off. <laughs> but let's forget go. that. Did you just keep me in the chin? He's like, what happened there? But like, you know what? That was, it was the 80s people. The tech yeah. wasn't as good. Because I was a martial arts bitch when I was a yep. child, okay? And um, I remember being very happy that I got a green belt and was an instructor. And then Paul quoted me this line. In Okinawa, belt no need, rope to hold up pants. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's all it means. I'm like, yeah, you're right, because I was really quite shit. So <laughs> Wax on, wax off. That's right. So he's correct. Yeah, wax on, wax off. That whole ideal where you were just like doing housework but actually learning to fight. I know it was number it's two, wasn't it? We had the drum, the little drum thing. Where it's two like, was the drum, the drum. Yeah, and that was it. Like the yep. the the. Oh, that was just. Did you, by the way, is me twisting my body left and right? Yeah, with my forearms up, defending. That's right. Much like a drum flippy thingy, and that was why it was cool because he's like, ask drum. You know, how do I do this? Ask the drum. I'm like, if you shouldn't ask the drum, it's really not built like a human. But never mind. And I like the way as well. Got to say it. Crane kick, can't kick to the face. Not a kick above the, the, the right. neck. I love like Miyagi is just like, fuck the rules. You win the fight. That's right. And I, I also like how the the, peop, the fight uh, judges were like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so cool. Let yep. him have it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> that, that kid's got a broken, was it leg? He, no, what, what did he have? Broken arm? No. Um, LaRusso had his leg swept. Yep. He swept the leg. So that means that his, um, I think the way that the guy dropped his elbow on his knee means that. No, it's broken. It's busted knee. So all he yeah. had left was. Which means that leg. unfortunately. He Paul, kicks with the broken. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, here's the thing. If you look at the crane kick, just since we're talking about this, all right? <laughs> you got the two fucking pointed in the the hands yep. in the air, right? One leg is raised, the other one is your is your foundation yes. leg. And when you do the kick, you jump in the air, the foundation leg actually kicks. Ah, right? okay. So in that case the other knee was the broken one. Yeah, but like I think we were meant to believe that it comes back down and you still don't have to use that other leg that was in the air, but it's not. If you look at that, it goes bang and he lands on his other leg. Right. It's actually yeah. a stupid ass kick because it's very obvious what you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Gives you one choice. He's like, well, he's going to kick me with that leg he's got standing on. So this other leg ain't doing shit unless it's a really flippy kick, in which case I could just block it. Right. But, you know, hey, it's a movie and we liked it. And Pat Morita was the tits. He was. He was indeed. All right, good. So, Wayne, run us through your list because we had yours. We've also had mine, believe it or not, because my number one is, of course, Jim Malone. Ah. Sean Connery as the Chicago with, no problem. Yeah. My number 10, ladies and gentlemen, was Lester Banks from Almost Famous. Nine was Charles Xavier from X-Men. Eight, Rish Al Ghul in Batman Begins. Seven, Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman. Six, Ramirez from Highlander. Five, Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Four, Dr. King Schultz in Django Unchained. Three, Jim Malone in The Untouchables. Two, Leon from The Professional, or Leon, if you're there. And my number one is Mr. Miyagi. So how many crossover cross- we have? One, two... Three. 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 Not yeah. bad. Not bad for us. All right. My number 10 is Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark in Spider-Man, colon, Homecoming from X-Men, Charles Xavier, the Sir Patrick Stewart version 
uh, Rocky Balboa in Creed from 2015's Creed. Swingers, Trent Walker, a.k.a. Vince Vaughn, or played by Vince Vaughn in that film. In Edge of Tomorrow, Rita Fratowski's Emily from Emily Blunt. Then, of course, Juan Sanchez Villa Lobos Ramirez <laughs> from Highlander <laughs> is my number five. My number four is Gandalf. Number three, Morpheus from The Matrix. Number two, Mr. Miyagi mm. from the Karate Kid series. And number one, as mentioned, Jim Malone from The Untouchables, where we left Yoda off. Neither of us went to the Obi-Wan well. No, because we here's had the Yoda. thing. Yeah, if you got Obi-Wan, you're going to pick Yoda, right? So, Fair enough. Um, That's exactly my reason. Anyone else that you left off the list, Wayne, you want to mention yeah. as an honorable? Robert Redford. Uh, in Spy Game was Brad Pitt's mentor and okay. I always dug him. Uh, remember Angelina Jolie in Haunted? Yes. I really liked her mm, in that, that show. That could do, yeah. Okay. It was, I almost put that on. It just dropped off. Nice. Um, I almost put Marty McFly because he mentored himself and his dad, but mm, I didn't I would have had off. Doc Brown more than Marty McFly. Yeah, I I, that's, that's probably where that went. I also had Splinter from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <sighs> almost disappointed he didn't pl- mention it because in the list because I would love to have opened this episode with a bit of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just do it anyway. This Turtle is, power. It's your show, Paul. You do whatever do you want. want. Live exactly. last. Turn episodes. Fuck your rules, Paul. Bust right. it. That's, That's it. yours, bro. Turtle power is making an appearance if it hasn't already. <laughs> or it could be the vanilla ice. The go ninja, go no, ninja. Go. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Not on this fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, Paul's going to always choose Heavy D over Vanilla Ice, everyone, just so you know. Heavy D? Was is it, it Heavy D? No, Turtle Power was by um, Partners in Crime or something. Was shit. it? Yeah. Some dude recorded it in his basement, literally. Really? Mm-hmm. What about that Yakid K dude from like the. Anyway, there was another Ninja Turtle fucking theme song, but we'll go with yours. I've only got that first one. That's all I've got. Okay, nice one. Let's go. Your Any HMs for you? Partners in Crime. Partners in Crime? I just wanted to make sure. I was all like, now that we found love, what are we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I only had Tyler Durden was my only Tidy. honorable mention after we took out uh, Yoda. So there we are. That's Alice. What about yours? We wrap up every episode of The Countdown with your feedback on the topic at hand in a segment that we call The Pop 10. Talk about. Pop 10. Talk about. Off this week's pop 10 with patron extraordinaire and the man who's been banned from Facebook for so long it's now <laughs> almost funny. <laughs> David Powell, and he just he, he gave like 25. I'm just reading his number one. The number one has to be one of the OG teacher archetypes, Mark Thackeray, aka Sidney Poitier, 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 from To Sir with Love. Without him, we don't get Dead Poets, Mr. Holland's Opus, Stand and Deliver, or any of the others. Okay, Professor Film Industry. (laughs) Fine, pick the classic. Make us all look like dickheads. (laughs) Go for it. Uh, Well, by the other end of the spectrum then, from the cinema guys, Brad Hargis, he said, Liam Neeson in Kingdom of Heaven. Liam Neeson in Batman Begins. And Liam Neeson in The Phantom Menace. (laughs) Hold on there. Chris Yeeney, another high-level page of the show, said, Splinter. In Ninja Turtles. Word. Mickey in Rocky and Mr. Miyagi in Karate Kid. Boom. Holy F the Contrarians, Affle mentioned, has said Will Smith in Hitch Wayne. How did <gasps> you miss that? Cool. And in fact, Holy that earns you the. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's hard to put Will Smith on a list these days, but <laughs> I would have done it if I'd thought of it. <laughs> Jack Black in School of Rock, not bad at all. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then he said Tom Hardy in Fury Road. Just kidding about that one, Paul. My action number one is Tony Stark in Civil War and Homecoming. So. Ah, yeah, that's where you got it from. Yeah. <laughs> it's said on a few lists online as well. Matt Evans said from A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Tom Hanks, a.k.a. Well, not a.k.a. Playing Fred Rogers. Okay, I haven't seen it. Not watched that movie. From Dead Poets Society, Robin Williams' character. And from The Goonies, Mickey. So Sean, Aust- Sean Aston's character. He ain't no damn mentor, is he? Is that what, Mickey? Mikey, Mikey, yes. Mikey. That's Sean Aston's character. How is he a mentor? I don't know. He's leading them all and telling them what to do and he's trying to get save the goondocks and everything else. So. Man, Josh Brolin more than him, surely. Josh Brolin's the annoying older brother. Yeah, but he was I'm not sure he's a mentor for anything other yeah, than what the fuck you do. shagged a redhead. I don't know. <laughs> Wayne's mentor. <laughs> In life. <laughs> From Brianna Petty, patron to the show as well. Thank you, Brianna. Said uh, number three, Lester Bangs in Almost Famous. What up, girl? Gordon Bombay from Mighty Ducks. Leave me alone. I'm a millennial, she said. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And number one, Mr. Miyagi, again, might be the listener to- choice du jour. Nice one. Timothy Williams said, from V for Vendetta, V, weird methods, but effective with Natalie Portman's character. Fair. Master Splinter for the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie. And Palpatine slash the Emperor through all of Star Wars. Hey, just because he's a bad guy doesn't mean he ain't a mentor. <laughs> did you watch V for Vendetta? I did. Do you remember it? 
little of it. I didn't love it from I memory. I fucking hated it. Oh, yeah. I don't know what Ooh, it was. But man. hey, but you know, I mean, Ooh. I mean, he was definitely what? a mentor. No. But that movie can eat a dick. Ooh. Yeah. One Ooh, guy talking. The hot takes. <laughs> Sean Ennis, a.k.a. The Velvet Drizzle, as called by Nicholas Haskins, said, I'm assuming we're talking beside Yoda. You are quite correct. Number three, Quentin Jaws. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> he was just gruff, really? Surely. Okay, Red in Shawshank. Sure. And Mr. Miyagi again. Yeah. He's up there. Justin Winners from the very quiet So Married Movie Geek podcast. Haven't heard from him in a long, long time. Justin, we do they miss win. you and Chrissy. Come on back. Yeah, man. Doc Brown, Mr. Miyagi, and the T-800 in Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I can see oh, that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, nice. Jason Barr said, more fierce than the Matrix, Ramirez in Highlander, and Patches O'Hulan, O'Hulahan in Dodgeball. Ooh. Which one was Patches? I, I don't know, but I think I've got a, I might have a, uh, a, a Patches O'Hulahan quote here on the soundboard. Holy hell, son, you're about as useful as a cock-flavored lollipop. Yep, that's him. <laughs> oh, that guy, Rip Torn. Yeah, 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 yeah. great yeah. stuff. Nice, nice choice there. Luke, James Human said, from Seven, Detective Somerset. So, Morgan Freeman again. Yeah, yeah, I go there. Sam the Bellhop from Four Rooms, which is Tim, Tim Roth. Tim Roth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then one, number one, vote for you, Wayne, Leon from Leon. Word. Last one to finish it off then, from uh, Jesse Dixon, Bill Hader and Seth Rogen in Superbad. <laughs> The truth. McLovin, that's a cool fucking name, man. <laughs> number two, Gandalf in the Lego movie. Oh, good. <laughs> and number one, Tom Hanks in Saving Private Ryan. Absolutely carried the young lads and taught them how to be better soldiers, but more importantly, better men. And made the hard decisions himself. There we are. That is nice one. the topic for today. The top 10 movie mentors. Thank you to everyone who got back to us. I'm sorry I couldn't get through all the feedback. We really, truly do appreciate it. Wayne, how do the listeners get back to us about feedback on the topics at hand or indeed anything else in general? Once you bounce from the page, thecountdownpodcast.com, you can search for us on, for, on, on Google for all of the socials and find us there or send us a, an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter at thecountdownpc, like and follow the show, show through Podbean. And of course, we've mentioned it a lot. The Facebook community link is in the show notes and that is it for us today episode 388 is in the bank Wayne what's happening next week for episode 389 what an excellent question Paul go ahead right here oh I got it I got it here's another button for you we can start this song what the fuck is this shit suck my dick eat my ass eat my ass eat my ass eat my ass eat God damn it. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. With, uh, what a Shout out to B. Tizzle for <laughs> putting that mix together. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, the next week we're doing uh, top 10. Where the fuck is it? <laughs> top 10 college films. <laughs> Had a little trouble finding it on the spreadsheet, ladies and gentlemen. Un-fucking-believable. Top 10 college films. 308 yeah. episodes of this shit and Wayne still can't <laughs> read A, a spreadsheet, nor B, remember, dick. Now, for the record, college films, are we talking T and A? Or is just I don't know. We, we, we wrote that there. We haven't really ratified it. Because yeah. we've got a guest on the week after, Dan from Netflix, and will be joining us. We'll talk about that topic next week. Mm. But next week, college films, college set films. Anything set in a college, right? Yeah. Yeah, to so do it with can college. be T to the A films, Wayne, if that's what you want to load up on. Well, it could yeah. be Dead Poets Society. Is that a college or high school? I'd more likely unload on that, but yes. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> yeah, college films. Okay, good. We can work on that. We can work that. College films. That's the subject week. of next week's show. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been The Soundboard. What are you, a fucking moron? Speaks for itself, really. We'll Welcome catch you next time. Front. See ya. they the heroes for. In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high with muggings mysterious. All police and detectives are furious because they can't find the source of this lethally evil force. This is serious, so give me a quarter. I was a witness, get me a reporter. Call April O'Neill in on this case. Hey, you better hurry up, there's no time to wait. We need help, why quick on the double? Have pity on the city, man, it's in trouble. We need heroes like the Lone Ranger when Tonto came pronto. When there was danger, they didn't say we'd be there in half an hour. Cause they displayed triple power. Tonto, 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 Tonto,